This is Chad Harrison, and you're listening to Hope Alive, applying God's word to your daily life. Hi, this is Chad Harrison, and I am the teaching pastor of Lake Community Church and have been serving as a pastor for 25 years. I'm also a practicing attorney. This podcast is designed to help you study God's word and find God's will for your life. I pray in the name of Jesus right now that God would open up his word to you and allow you to see him and to know him and to know his will, that you might glorify him and that you might walk in faith and power each and every day, especially today in Jesus name. Good morning. Welcome to Lake Community Church's morning Bible study. We're in Exodus chapter four and we're off. What I mean by that, we're off and running because Moses is going to do what God has called him to do. Now, we're going to learn something from this that I think is very important. So many times when we when we decide to walk in the path that God has set for us, so many times we decide we're going to, as the road is being built, we're going to build ourselves some off-ramps, some ways to get out of this if it doesn't turn out quite the way we want to. And let me tell you, if you build off-ramps, you'll take them. There's no, there's no question about that because the, the Christian life, the walk with God that is required when you chase after God is a difficult one. And it's not easy. It's not easy to live life, period. And then when you're walking with God and you're giving him, you're, you're giving into his will, life, life, you're not in control. And I guess that's just really the crux to the matter. You're not in control. And if you're not in control, Oftentimes, you'll jump out as quick as you have gotten into chasing after God. And I see that so many times. People don't involve their family. People don't involve the rest of their life. People don't make lifestyle changes so that so that they can best and most effectively chase after God. And before you know it, when the opportunity avails itself for them to get out of the race, to stop doing what God's called them to do, the truth is they just do it that's what they do and and they treat they treat christianity the way they treat the rest of their life it's a smorgasbord it's a buffet one of my dad's favorite words in life was buffet and and we treat life that way we treat our walk with christ that way we can choose this and not choose that we can, uh, we can do this part of god's will for our life and we're going to leave the other part of god's will out and we do that over and over again in our walk with God. And before you know it, we have made a Christian life in our own image rather than in the image that God has desired for us. We have made really what we've made is our own path. And that path is not going to lead to God's fulfillment, promises, or anything else. And so Moses doesn't do that. And that is important. Even though Moses had a lot of reservations about it, and listen, that's not unusual. Even though Moses had a lot of reservations about whether or not he was the one to do the job, whether or not it was possible for it to happen, whether or not the people would hear him, that Pharaoh would listen to him, that that the outcome would be what God had told him it would be, he had some doubt and he had some questions about that. But when he decided to do it, he didn't give himself an off-ramp. And that, in many ways, is what's going to make him successful. He's not going to give him a way out. He's not going to give himself a way out of God's will. He is going to chase after it. 
And we see that in how he prepares to go. It says, so, so Moses went and returned to Jethro. His father-in-law said to him, please let me go and return to my brethren who are in Egypt and see whether they are still alive. What he's saying is, I need to go find out if, if what God has said is true, and I need to go find out whether or not they are there and alive, and I need to be about the business of handling my family. And uh, notice he is treating this call of God as a call that's personal to him. It's personal to his family. It's personal to his future. It's personal to everything he has. And he's not going to sneak around and sneak off from Jethro. He's going to go to his father-in-law straight up and say, I've got to go. And he's not going to just go himself, but he's going to take his family with him. He's going to buy in completely. So many young couples and young families fail to buy in completely. They just end up not going all the way with their family. And the ones that suffer the most that in, that doesn't, doesn't have any decision in the matter is the children. The children are the ones that suffer the most when parents don't buy totally in to God's call for their life and God's call for their family. The children are not raised in the church. The children are not raised with that anchor in their life. And when they don't have that anchor and they get on the waves of life as they get older, they get blown and tossed about by the sea because they don't have they don't have that stronghold in their life. They don't have that place where God can pull them back. And so they're adrift oftentimes in life. And it's a lot the fault of their parents. And I would say this to you as you go along in life, don't, if you're a young person, don't forsake your children and the importance of your children being in church. Those are memories that cannot be recreated. And those are opportunities that cannot be rehad later on in life. You can't do it later on. A child is six years old for only 365 days. They, their mind and their hearts are growing in different ways and they need to be in church. They got to be in church. And if they're there, God is going to be planting seeds that they can be planted later. But oftentimes, I'll, oftentimes I'll tell you, I, I found that there are three types of people that have children in church. The first type is the type that are sold out. And they're there all the time and their children are there all the time. And their children may wander off and decide to live lives that are not godly later on. But in the end, when they get older, they always return to God. That's the truth. That faithfulness generally brings about a faithfulness later on from the children. And a lot of times parents are getting their, their, their children will be 30, 35 years old. And they're thinking, my, are my children ever going to come back to God? And then all of a sudden one day they just do. I'm not saying that's 100% true, but I'm saying that is, that is a high percentage of children who are raised in church by people who are sold out to Jesus while they're raised in church. They end up being strong, active believers in the body of Christ. Then you have the ones whose children come to church, but they don't come to church at all. And let me tell you, those children, generally speaking, are very powerful children when they become adults because they they walk their path of faith as a child in 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 a, an adult manner, meaning they went to church without their parents. They walked with God without their parents. And listen, they may really wander off the reservation a long way, but they always seem to come right on back. And I've seen that happen a lot. I've seen a lot of kids who just grew up and didn't have any anchor at home, 
that maybe they came to church with friends. Maybe the church was nearby and they walked to church. That, that happens a lot in life. And boy, I've seen some of them head off into some crazy things in life. But man, when they realize, hey, I am just acting like a nut with my life, they always come right on back and get their lives straightened out. And that happens an exorbitant amount of times. And so many times I can't, I can't tell you. Now, the worst ones, and let me tell you, these are the worst ones. They're the children who come to church with their parents once every four, five, six weeks. Their parents are in church maybe 10, 12 times a year, maybe 15. They're in church and they're just barely making it, barely coming. And it's the casual Christian. And that casual Christianity uh, is passed down to that next generation. And the casualness becomes even greater. And uh, the learning how to walk in faith is never is never gained. They don't get it. They never get it. The children don't get it. The adults don't get it. And then they don't understand why God is not working in their lives. And they blame God for a lot of things. And the truth is that uh, they're lukewarm. They're neither hot nor cold. They don't really care. They've not really bought in. They're just renting their faith for the moment. They're buying a little fire insurance for the future. And the truth is that doesn't bring about good results. It never has. The casual Christian will never, ever have anything other than casual faith. And casual faith will never really result in anything other than just, just a tepid understanding and a tepid view of God. And it will make you into someone who perhaps can become a apostate, someone who leaves the faith totally. And oftentimes with children, it creates a dislike and a hatred for God because their parents never ever showed them anything other than just a tepid faith. And it was, it is the worst thing you can do. You'd be better off not coming to church than coming to church just eight, nine, 10 times a year and, and acting like church was just an option in life. You might as well not even model that for your children at all. And you say, preacher, what in eight eight times better than no times? I'm not sure. I don't know. Jesus tends to be very negative about people who want to act like they're Christians, but not really. I, I being honest with you, <clears throat> probably not. It's probably not best. He said, Jethro said to Moses, notice he said, go in peace. See, Jethro understood that that Moses was a special man and God had a special call for his life. And I'm quite sure when he showed up at his door uh, step, when he helped his daughters with the shepherds of Midian and allowed them to get the water, I'm quite sure that Jethro understood that this man wouldn't always be at his house and wouldn't always be there because he had a special call on his life. And Jethro says, go in peace. Why? Because Jethro, you're going to see, is a man of God and a man of wisdom. And uh, Jethro is the right man for Moses to have been around because he didn't grow up with people who worshiped God. But when he went out to be in Midian and when he met Jethro, he met a man who did worship God. And let me tell you something. If you grew up in a household that doesn't worship God, sometimes you'll marry into one that does. And uh, let me say this, that can be very powerful for people. That can be very life-changing for people. How many young men and young women have I seen really just get sold out in their faith because they married into a family of faith? 
and uh, they become very powerful and very passionate believers, not because their parents modeled it for them, but because maybe their in-laws modeled it for them. And their in-laws saw God's will and God's plan in their life. And uh, maybe they started dating their children and they started going to church with them. And then before you know it, man, they're just bedrocks of their community and bedrocks of the faith community. And boy, they're just doing the things that God would have for them do in unimaginable ways and powerful ways. And so I would just say to you, that's a lesson to be learned there, that that Jethro fed into Moses because he saw great things for Moses. And then it says, now the Lord said to Moses in Midian, go return to Egypt for all the men who sought your life are dead. What he's saying is, Everybody who's, all your obstacles are out of the way. I'm going to remove those obstacles. The people who want you dead, they're gone. Then Moses noticed he took his wife and his sons and set them on a donkey, and he returned to the land of Egypt. He didn't leave them behind so that he could escape back to Midian. He took his family and he went. He took his whole family and he sold out to the will of God. That's important. You don't have to do it well, but you got to do it wholeheartedly. Do you hear what I said? You don't have to do it all the time. You're not going to, but you need to do it with your whole heart. And that is what God wants. God doesn't have to have your perfection. In fact, God pretty much knows he's not going to get perfection out of you. He, what he wants is your whole heart. He says, if you seek me, you'll find me, but you got to give me your whole heart. You got to seek me with your whole heart. And Moses was selling out. He was totally giving in to this. Then Moses took his wife and notice, and Moses took the rod of God in his hand. Notice God, that God said, take this rod and you're going to do my will with it. And that's important too. He didn't, he didn't choose his own way of doing God's will. He did God's will the way God told him to do it. Now he did, like I said, he did not always do it perfectly. And we're going to see that. But we're going to see a man who is doing God's will as instructed. And he's not, he's going to, his humanness is going to get in the way. God's already factored that in. He's already factored that in for you. Your humanity is real and it's a problem and God knows about it and he's going to overcome it. And so I am excited when somebody sells out and does what God has told them to do. When they do that, God's going to move. It says, and the Lord said to Moses, when you go back to Egypt, see that you do all those wonders before Pharaoh, which I've put in your hand. God's saying, use what I do, what I tell you to do. He says, but I will harden his heart so that he will not let the people go. He's saying, listen, this plan's going to be a difficult one. I'm, I've got a purpose for how I'm going to do it. And it's not going to just work out easy peasy, lemon cheesy. It's lemon squeezy. It ain't going to happen that way. There's just no, it's not going to happen that way. It's going to be, it's going to be a long road. You're going to be victorious. You're going to, you're going to have got my best in it, but it ain't going to be easy. He says, but I will harden his heart so that he will not let the people go. Then you shall say to Pharaoh, thus saith the Lord, Israel is my son, my firstborn. So I say to you, let my son go that he may serve me. But if you refuse to let him go, indeed, I will kill your son your firstborn. And what God's saying to Moses is God is telling Moses that this is life and death situation. And uh, let me just for a second uh, focus in on this. All these things that we're talking about, these morning Bible studies, all the things that we're talking about that deal with God and deal with his purposes and his will 
that deal with you and your relationship with him. I, I can't overemphasize this enough. It is life and death. It is. The most important and the biggest things in life happen in the realm of faith and in the realm of the church. We come and do the most important things at the church. We bring our children to learn about God at the church. We baptize them and they identify themselves with the kingdom of God at the church. We marry each other with a minister at the church. We bring our children and we dedicate them, our babies, at the church. And we live our lives and have our friends and our family members at the church. And when we die, we have our last meeting with the body at the church. And uh, everything that is important in life, I'm not talking about making money and I'm not talking about having experiences. I'm talking about life things happen at the church. It happens with the body of Christ. It happens with other believers. And it's life and death. It really is. These are important matters. They're not slight matters. They're not matters that are really indifferent as to your future. They're matters that ma that make a difference. They're matters that are important. And when we treat those things as if they're common and if they're and as if they're something that can be chosen or not chosen, we do a disservice to ourselves and we dishonor God. And you cannot do that long and not reap bad results from it. Do not treat God as a common thing. Do not treat him as his relationship with you as just another event on your calendar. And don't treat your life with God and your family's life with God as something that is a choice on a daily basis. It's not a choice. The choice has to be made and then carried out. It can't be chosen over and over again. You got to choose it and walk in it if you're going to have it at its greatest at its depth, at, it, at its magnet, at, at its mightiest level. And so I'd say to you, don't make this, don't make this a common thing. Make this an important thing. Uh, make it the essentials of life. And if you do, God will move and bless and make and become more and more each and every day. And you can see his hand at work and he will be faithful to you as you are faithful to him. As you go today, I pray that the Lord will bless you and keep you, that he'll make his face to shine upon you, and that he will give you hope and peace today in Jesus' name.